You're listening to Building Resilient Health Infrastructure with Asper, a podcast from the HHS Asper Critical Infrastructure Protection Division. If you have any questions about this episode, please email us at cip at hhs.gov. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Eltringham, a program analyst with the HHS Asper Critical Infrastructure Protection Division. I'm joined by our division director, Dr. Laura Wolf. How are you, Dr. Wolf? Great, thanks. We're back at it. Uh, this is the first in our three-part series of lessons learned from each of the major hurricanes, Harvey, Irma, and Maria. Today we'll be talking about Hurricane Harvey. So today's question for the episode, what is a lesson learned from Hurricane Harvey? So Dr. Wolf, what is one, uh, again, these are all, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned from, from this response and the recovery, but what's one lesson learned you'd like to highlight today? At the bottom line, the, the lesson we learned is that even though infrastructure may be resilient to weather or other types of disasters, um, it may not be resilient uh, from external factors during a response. So let me, let me tell a story about that. So Hurricane Harvey uh, affected the Houston area, and historically hurricanes have frequently affected Houston to the extent that the infrastructure owners and operators there have gone to remarkable lengths to mitigate the effects of hurricanes on their infrastructure. So uh, you can say they are well hardened um, uh, against disasters, against flooding and wind. And that's a good thing. Um, But we had some examples in Harvey of some tense moments, um, not based on the resilience of that infrastructure, but based on their reliance on external partners for supplies uh, that that could have caused the entire system to have to evacuate. Um, So what what we experienced was uh, facilities that um, made decisions not to evacuate, did their own risk assessment and determined that they uh, felt they were resilient uh, against the rain and wind and flooding that was anticipated. Um, So maybe a couple days into the extreme rainfall and flooding, um, an example from one of our partners that we saw was their supplies were starting to run short and they were not sure how they would get the supplies in. So normally in a flooding event, uh, this partner would have utilized fixed wing or helicopters, um, air transportation to get supplies in. But because in the weather system that was Hurricane Harvey, the rain was continual for several days. Rain and wind, they could not use that those air transport systems. Um, they couldn't use trucking systems because of the flooding. And so uh, late one night, we, we got some emails from our partners saying, uh, we may have to evacuate because we can't figure out how to get supplies in, which is a bigger problem um, because at that point, um, that infrastructure is surrounded by water and evacuating patients in a situation where you can't get supplies in is not going to be very easy. Um, Luckily, this partner was able to think on their feet and found duck boats that they were able to bring down to the area that could drive as far as they could with supplies and then uh, become boats when needed um, to, to get the supplies to the facility. So that was some quick and creative thinking on their part. Um, But I know that in a lot of instances when we recover from disasters, we're building back better and we're building back more resilient. And I want to make sure that this doesn't create a false sense of resilience um, when you rely on external partners uh, for anything like supplies uh, or um, 
linens, waste removal, anything like that, when you're making a, a plans or decisions about whether to evacuate a facility, you need to not only consider how resilient your facility is, but the resiliency of the partners that you rely on. As the, the nation or the world deals with, you know, kind of issues related to extreme weather, uh, what are some ways that you think that those in the, in the healthcare and public health sector can help maybe not prepare necessarily for that, but, but respond better to that, those kind of risks? I think a key does re, uh, reside in our partnership. So obviously in the Houston area, there's a lot of experience with extreme weather. But as climate change pushes more extreme events to places where they may not have felt it before, I think that ability to share information and have consultations across uh, the partnership during a response may support that creativity. Um, I think we're going to be seeing more uh, infrastructure planning for more extreme events. And in the construction of those facilities, I think our partners can help each other and, and provide guidance and advice. And certainly we can work with our, our partners to uh, develop those best practices and, and circulate those through the community. So I, I see this, the challenge of climate change and extreme weather um, being something we'll have to face in the future. I do want to flag um, one of our government partners um, from the National Institute of Environmental Health Sciences is Dr. John Balbus. And he worked very closely um, on the, uh, a, a resilient communities toolkit for the healthcare community in thinking about climate change. And so we should have him on one of the, the future podcasts to talk about that. Absolutely. Uh, but I think that's another great example of another partner who's trying to think, use that. And this is a term you used it uh, when you were speaking at a conference. I believe it was uh, the idea of extreme creativity of, mm -hmm. of trying to solve problems. Because sometimes there are so many things that you can plan for, but there are just some contingencies that just can't be accounted for. So you have to account for that in some way in that you can't account for it, but you have to be able to be flexible and pivot in your kind of problem solving. That's right. I mean, most people think of duck boats as family entertainment, uh, yeah. <laughs> doing touring a city. Um, but I think this was a, a great idea. I wonder if they used the little kazoos when they brought the stuff in. They might have. They yeah. might have. Uh, so uh, I think that's our episode uh, for the lesson learned from Hurricane Harvey. And we'll be back with our next episode with a lesson learned on Hurricane Irma. Uh, and then Maria to close out this kind of mini-series here. Uh, so thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as always, if you have any questions about anything you heard on the podcast, if you have questions about the HBH Sector Partnership or about the Asper SIP Division, email us at cip at hhs.gov. Again, that's cip at hhs.gov. And if you have any feedback on the podcast, we'd love to hear it. So please, you know, or requests for future topics, you know, we're, we're certainly open to that. Thank you, Dr. Wolf, as always. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.